I'd like you to turn to James chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. Tonight I'll finish James chapter 4. I feel led to just skip down to these verses uh, because of what's happening this week. In the news, you saw about all the things that happened over in Spain. Our missionaries were safe over there, and uh, we thank God for them. And uh, you know there's a lot of tragedies of sudden deaths uh, that's uh, happening in our church family. And I just feel like I need to preach this to a Sunday morning crowd. And then tonight I'll be preaching on the friendship of the world. I hope you'll come back and we'll finish chapter 4. So skipping down to verse 13, I love studying the Word of God. Everybody was trying to get a, you know, a powerful message on the eclipse. And I heard all these preachers trying to figure out you know, about what they can preach to make it relevant. I said, well, I don't have to worry about any of that. I'm just going to preach where I left off. Amen. We're going to skip a few verses and go down to verse 13. I love to let the Word of God preach. I don't have to search for a topic. I just preach the Word, and if that's not enough, then you probably won't be satisfied with anything. Because, boy, the Word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, and changes our life. It's a milk, it's a mold, it's a map, it's the image of Christ. And as I said, it's the, it's the glasses for you to see the sun. And if you do it in the flesh, you'll get burned. That's my eclipse message. Thank you for coming. God bless you. Some of y'all can leave right now if you want to. Amen. Don't you do it. I'll follow you down the hall. All right, let's go to... Let's go to verse 13. Verse 13. Let's stay in all the Word of God, if you please. <clears throat> the Bible says, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go in such a city and continue there, there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on tomorrow. For what is your life? Good question. It is even a vapor that appeared for a little time and then vanishes away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, there's, here's the text really. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. You may be seated as we pray. Father, thank you for all these folks that are Bible believers, not only Bible toters, Bible readers. But God, believe that the Word of God is the Word of God, inerrant, preserved for your people. God, to grow. Well, we thank you that we don't have to be in a church where we think only the hierarchy can read the Word of God, and it has to be interpreted through them. God, I thank you that I don't have to debate it, but I can declare it. And I thank you, dear God, that it's life, and it's quick, and it is powerful. And so, dear God, please help us as we preach this message on the greatest sin in the world. And I pray, dear God, that we would not commit that sin. And Lord, we thank you for salvation. Thank you for the good singing, the good songs, the good choir. Thank you for everyone that's here this morning. I pray, dear God, that you'd please use me as a voice crying in the wilderness in these last days to be sure that you're saved. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, a man says there is no God, Psalms 14. God says he's a fool. 
But I believe just as big a fool as a man that believes God and doesn't live like it. And doesn't live like it. He makes his plans. He plans his future. He does everything without God. That's what this man was doing. This man was ignoring the will of God. Look at verse 13. Go to now ye that say, Today or tomorrow will we go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Now, folks, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're going to be in business, you ought to make some money. Say amen. I don't think money's wrong. I think uh, it's, it's all right to own things as long as things don't own you. Say amen. But I want to tell you something, friend. If you are independent, and we're independent Baptists by conviction, that's why I said what I said Tuesday, I'm glad we know the Trask family, and they can come back and give account, and they can sing, and folks, we can have a relationship with our missionaries. Uh, I know them personally, and they're good people. We're going to go see them personally. And you better be ready, because they don't drive cars down there. They drive boats from village to village, and it's rough. It's sometimes no electricity. And teenagers, probably none of you will go, because there's little cell coverage down there. Amen? You will, you will have withdrawals on our 10-day t- mission trip, so we'll see you in 10 days. But I want to tell you something. I believe that the undertaking of life is so precious, we shouldn't just in, uh, spend it. We ought to invest it. And I want to tell you something. The older I get, the older I, the older I get, the more I realize I'm closer to heaven than I was yesterday. I don't feel that bad. I did get bit by a spider this week, and I got a big old place on my leg. And one good thing about it, my feet don't hurt because my leg hurts so bad. But, um, <laughs> and, you know, and I said, well, maybe this is it. And, you know, I jest around, and my, my, my wife, is, she's at a reunion with uh, Amy and at another church this morning. If y'all was wondering where the pastor's wife is, she don't skip. But uh, she does go to church with her, with her daughter when she gets a chance because they're going to be gone for four years come this January. But, you know, I, you know, I, I really believe this with all my heart. Uh, I can go to the doctor Monday and get this checked out, and, but, you know, that could be the very thing that takes me out of this world, a heart attack. I've got a dear friend that's not preaching at his church over in Jefferson, Georgia, Faith Baptist Church. We serve together on the Macedonia World Baptist Missions Board, and that's where we try to help all these missionaries that, like Brother Kevin Hall. They came out of our church to stay on the field and all the things that the board does to try to help them that our church cannot do. And um, uh, his name is Keith Cudd. He's secretary treasurer of the Macedonia. And just this week, I think it was Monday, uh, the stent in his uh, main artery collapsed. He had a massive heart attack. And uh, y- yesterday his uh, daughter wrote on Facebook, my daddy is brain dead. It's just a matter of time before my daddy, my pastor, my best friend is with the Lord. Pray for us. You never know. You just never know what it's going to be. One curve, one hilltop, you just never know. And so it pays to be ready. And I believe that it also is very rewarding when you live each day in the will of God with the Lord as Lord of your day, that He's first place, your first thoughts are to the Lord, not business. Your first thoughts are the blessings of God, not not the blessings of economy. 
Your first thought's not checking the stock market, it's checking his market. What he, want, what he marks as good and bad and feasible and profitable. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 27, you might want to turn there and just circle this verse. I know you probably all know it very well, but it's good to look at the Word of God. And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Amen? Hey, those folks, one American that walked out of his motel room to get his wife a cup of coffee and was knocked into eternity by some mad terrorist this week, had no idea that he'd never come back to that motel room. You never know. And so it pays to be ready. It pays to be uh, saved. It pays to be on the way to heaven. And folks, it pays not to waste your life on the frivolous trinkets of this life called things and entertainment and amusement. You know, the word amusement means don't think. And so when I watch the Falcons, I just don't think. <laughs> Amen. Don't think they're going to pull it out in the fourth quarter, praise God. Don't start on that. But I want to tell you something, friend. Luke chapter 12 is a beautiful illustration that Dr. Luke gives. Go to there. Luke chapter 12 real quick. I'm warming up to preach. Only got three point, points and no point. Luke, that was a great song, Brother Travis. Thank you for singing that. Look at Luke chapter 12. And I want you to look at verse uh, 16, please. He spake a parable to them about the ground of a rich man, uh, uh, excuse me, that, uh, you know, fared sumptuously, uh, you know, that brought forth plentiful. Luke 16, he fared sumptuously. And he thought within himself, now listen to this, saying, what shall I do? That's what most people do when they get up. I'm a doer, I'm hyperactive, or was, before I hit my age of, of uh, not hyperactivity. But I shall do. You want, to, you want to do something. I want to conquer something. I want to fix something. I want to just do something every day. Amen. And I like having energy. But it says this, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. It says I'm out of room. And so he said, this will I do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater ones. And there shall I bestow all my fruit and my goods. And I'll say to my soul. Now this is sad. He's praying to himself. I'll say to my soul. Maybe he's just talking to himself like a lot of you do. It says, So, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. He's patting himself on the back if he can reach it. Take, listen now, thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. Is that not the attitude of the last days? It was in Noah's days, and as the days of Noah, so is coming the Son of Man. But look at this. But God said to him, Thou, what's the next word? Fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So he that layeth up treasures for himself is not rich towards God. That means you're going to die spiritually bankrupt. Say amen. I had a friend that did put a U-Haul at Brother Rick um, personally while I was in South Africa, so I couldn't preach his funeral. But he said, uh, tape it for Brother Wayne because he ain't going to believe this. And he had his son, uh, Jeff, you know him, uh, Brother Daryl, had his son Jeff drive his pickup truck behind the hearse with a U-Haulet behind it, Brother Gary. Amen. And because I always said, I've never seen a U-Haulet behind a hearse. He says, he's going to see it this time. And I was in South Africa. You can't take it with you, say amen. But you sure can send it ahead. And folks, only one life so soon it'll pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only when we're in His will 
can we confidently say tomorrow is going to be a good day? For we know in His will, He leads us. He provides for us and He guides us. Lucas is on vacation this morning. He's one of the shyest guys in our church. His brother would have jumped a pew if, if Brother Sutherland would have called on him. But he, he's shy. And he almost didn't move during that great illustration when Brother Sutherland brought him down to the table and had all those bags of goodies, uh, Milky Way bars and zero, zero bars and bow and arrows and all kinds of stuff that illustrated the point, if you'll follow God, He'll provide. Where He leads, He feeds. Say amen. I was on the side of Tennessee Temple's cafeteria the other day. And what they feed me, I'll swallow, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, I want to give you three things real quick. Number one, write it down. Here's an attitude that we should never take. An attitude that we should never take. Look at verse 13. The Bible says this. Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Folks, we should never have the attitude we should never take this attitude, self-sufficiency. Can somebody say amen? amen. Self-sufficiency is a sin against a sufficient God. That's why we don't pray. That's why we don't come to church often. That's why we don't feel like we need to come back tonight and we need to go on Wednesday night and we need to go prayer meeting. Because we don't believe that we really need the prayer meeting. Or we'd be in the prayer meeting. He planned about a period. He said, tomorrow, today, tomorrow, we're going to such a city. He planned about a place. He planned about a procedure. He says, we're going to buy and we're going to sell. And he was a good businessman because he said, and we're going to get gain. How many likes, how many likes profit in your business? Say amen. If not, what are you doing there? Having fun? <laughs> hey, profit's okay as long as you don't leave God out. As long as you don't start worshiping your profit. And so we're, here, here he is. He plans the period. He plans the place. He plans procedure. And he plans for profit. But here's the problem. The attitude you should never take. He never prayed about it. He was not interested in heavenly treasures. Nothing's wrong with planning ahead. Nothing's wrong with business. Praise God, the Bible encourages us to be busy and productive. And folks, it discourages slothfulness. And matter of fact, in 1 Thessalonians or 2 Thessalonians, I forget which one it is, it says if you don't work, you don't eat. Right. Amen. we got all these entitlement programs. Don't get me started there. But everybody's looking for a free handout. And they don't care who's running as long as they'll give them more handouts and more disability, and more of this. And I know some people need it, and I'll probably need it tomorrow. But I'm going to tell you this, friend. Thank God it's all right to work, too. Say amen. And I admire you that work in those plants. I admire you getting up early and working 12 hours a day and still making it on Tuesday night. I admire what some of y'all do to make a living and put food on the, on the table and those $150 tennis shoes on your kids' feet. And kids, by the way, you better appreciate your mom and daddy. Because they work hard for you to look like you look. Now, some of your parents must not have a job. No, not really. <laughs> you ought to honor your parents. You ought to honor your mama. Amen? 
You ought to see the smirks I'm getting from those kids. It's good. I woke them up at least. Hallelujah. You ought to honor their hard work. Say amen. Not fuss and pout and panic because you don't have the tennis shoes somebody, somebody else has. Or the back. Oh my, don't, don't, don't let me get started on this. No, no. I'm just saying appreciate your mom and daddy. Amen. Amen. But here's a man who has the spirit of self-sufficiency. I want to just sum up this whole message in one verse. Look at verse 16 before we get to the text in 17. He says, But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Folks, what this boasting is is self-sufficiency. It's pride. I don't know if you checked lately, but you need God for every breath. You need God for every heartbeat. You need God for every sound thought. Can somebody say amen? And when you get as old as I do, you say brother and sister on purpose because I can't remember your name. <laughs> amen. That's the biggest Baptist cop out in the world. Oh, thank you, sister. God bless you. You forgot her name. Good night. Brother. We are brothers and sisters, but sometimes it's great just to have that title. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before what? A fall. I'm going to say this. If you're the captain of your own ship, and you never consult the master of the wind. Somebody called me this week and says, when are you going to sing again? I said, as soon as I'm called on. Amen? And anybody can follow me. But anyway, listen. If you are the captain of your own ship, and you never consult the master of the wind, let me just tell you this, your ship's going down. Amen? That's about what happened in America in 2011, 9-1-1. We got self-sufficient. They'll never attack us. They'll never touch us. That's what everybody's saying about the mad Korean dictator. Oh, they'd never reach us. You don't know what an insane person can do. But I'll say this, friend, we ought to have the attitude, I need thee, I need thee every hour. That he is the master of the wind. He can calm the storm, and he can make the sun shine again. I know the master of the wind. Folks, listen, pride is a self-sufficiency that we can't afford to live in. Boast not. Boast not about what you can do, but boast a lot on what God has done and will do and is going to do. I believe as Christians, we ought to be sheep of His pasture. We have not made ourselves. We're not self-made people, say amen. We cannot pull ourselves up by our proverbial bootstraps and say, I'm going to do this tomorrow. I'm going to live to be 94. I'm going to have a, a, I got a right to have life. No, what you got a right to is draw one more breath for the glory of God, one more thought frame for Him, one more song to sing for Him, one prayer to pray to Him, and praise God one more day to be a witness for God's glory. You're entrusted with a sacred trust, and it's called breath. Amen. And some of you, health. Don't take it for granted. Each step you take, you ought to not whine about it because some people can't take steps this morning. 
Each heartbeat you shouldn't ought to be pouting and panicking. You ought to thank God for every heartbeat. Say amen. For each day you see, you ought to thank God for every day that you see and not look at the sun straight out and have those little $8 pieces of paper that you bought so you wouldn't hurt your eye. You ought to thank God you can see because some people can't see. Oh, forgive me, Lord, when I whine because the world is mine when I have the Lord. Number two, real quick, there's an assumption you should not make. Number one, there's an attitude you should never take. Number two, there's an assumption that we should never make. Look at verse 14. It says, Whereas you know not what shall be on tomorrow, for what is your life, it's even a vapor and appears for a little time and then vanishes away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Folks, what is the assumption that we should not make? That we are guaranteed tomorrow. We're guaranteed one more day. Because you're feeling good right now. Well, I'm going to tell you something, friend. Brother Keith Cudd Monday was feeling, or, or, or Friday a week ago, was feeling great until that stent that, that man put in to keep his aorta open collapsed. Cut the oxygen off to his heart, to his brain. Unless the Lord intervenes, he'll never hug his grandchildren again on this earth and he'll never preach another sermon on this earth. But he will be in heaven. Thank God for that. James is saying your life is a brittle thread. It's very fragile. So handle with prayer. It's like a steam from a kettle. It's like a puff of smoke. It's like a breath of a frosty morning. It's just a vapor. And it vanishes. Let me just say this. There's one heartbeat between you and eternity. Brother Randy, you didn't know what I was going to preach unless you've been reading ahead. He said, no, I hadn't read my Bible this week. Okay, good. But <laughs> he, he emphasized... The opener not being just a song where everybody's fellowshipping, but listen to the message, Are You Born Again? And folks, I want to tell you something. That's exactly what I'm preaching. Are you born again? Are you ready to live? Listen, if you're not prepared to die, you're not equipped to live. So stop trying to live without God. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You're just existing. Pardon the expression, some of you that's been in prison. You're just marking time, Brother Larry. If you're not saved, you're just putting another X on Monday, on Tuesday, waiting to get out. What a sad existence. Thank God y'all reaching many people in that jail. But they're getting, they're getting life. They're getting a life sentence to heaven. <laughs> Amen. So listen, folks. Someone described the heartbeat as a muffled drum beating a funeral march to a grave. And you say, that's about the most morbid thing I've ever heard in my life. Not if you're going to heaven. Now, if you're not going to heaven, you ought to be scared of death. You ought to be scared of dying. Say amen. You ought to be afraid to take your last heartbeat because the next heartbeat will be eternity of hell and darkness, anguish and gnashing of teeth and eternal separation from all that's good and godly. And folks, you'll burn forever and ever and ever and ever. And the Bible says that. I don't make it up. I wouldn't have enough courage to make up that kind of doctrine. If the Bible's not real, this Bible's not real, let's go home and stop playing games. 
Oh, friend, listen, 4,000 Americans each day get in an automobile or each year, and they never come back. Every year, 6,000 Americans die. Some die of disease. A lot of cancer going around. Our Miss Jennifer's been battling it this week in the hospital. You don't know what she's been through. You don't know the heartache. She's pretty vocal about it. I'm glad she gets to express it. You can die by disaster. I guarantee you, all those people in Ringo and Sand Mountain that lost their lives a few years ago when that tornado swept through here, they had no idea that a tornado would sleep, sweep through North America, North Georgia. I mean, if God wants to, He'll send an earthquake right to Dalton. Oh, it never happened here. Don't you ever say it won't happen. Some people are dying of decay. They're just getting older and older. It's a good way to go. Some people are dying by design. There's some heathen. Over 100 verses in the Quran tell them to kill infidels. Now, I didn't make that up. And you might say, well, I don't think you ought to say that in the pulpit. That's why you're not up here. Over 100 verses in, the, in their Bible, Quran, says you ought to kill the infidel. And I want to tell you something. This Islamic terrorist movement going on, that's the reason that people lost their lives this week in Spain. It's an ideology of hell. It's a theology of cult. It's dark. They say they'll get a reward for taking another person's life. And it's so perverted that award in life, uh, in, in their, their kingdom, it's, it's perverted. Seventy virgins for eternity. And they, they believe that. That's why they strap bombs on their bodies. And we send our kids all around the world with strapping the gospel and and love, and they sometimes give their lives to take the gospel to a lost and dying world. They don't take lives. But I want to tell you something. If I was lost and I was sitting in this room, I'd get saved before the service is over because you don't know when it's going to come to America, when you're in Atlanta, and some crazy, demon-possessed, radical Islamic terrorist decides he can't get a gun, but he can drive a Rented car and mowed people down that's just on vacation or just shopping. That's the day we live in. And I don't think we ought to boast, well, tomorrow we're going to do what I want to, and tomorrow I'm going to take off a whole day to watch the sun, and praise God, I, you know, I got it planned. No, you, don't, you shouldn't have it planned. You ought to get in God's plan. The Bible says you're but one step between you and death. One step. And praying for Miss Kathy back there, her great niece, 19 years old. And I hope I'm not too sensitive here or too, too blunt, but the only hope Amber had, Brother Derek, the only hope that Amber had is she got saved in our master club under Miss Connie's teaching. That's the only hope. That she really got saved because she wasn't in church, Miss Kathy. She wasn't going to church. But she got in a little Volkswagen Beetle and let her, let, her, let, her, let her boyfriend drive that little old 
thing. And that's about as dangerous as driving a motorcycle. You just ain't got much protection in a Volkswagen Beetle. All of you that have Beetles, just leave the church mad. I understand. Praise God, I preached against your Beetle. Or I preached against your motorcycle. You just don't have an airbag. You don't have any protection. You don't have any metal between you and the, the road. Amen. And people are distracted. They, don't, they can't drive. People can't drive. And by the way, there's an opium epidemic. People are high driving. They're drunk driving. They're prescription drug driving. And I want to tell you something. If you make it home, you ought to thank God for the protection God's given you. Say amen. Some of you nurses say amen. Some of you doctors say amen. There's a lot of drug addicts on the road. Some of you paramedics and firemen say amen. You know a lot of tragedies on the road are caused because somebody's texting and somebody's distracted and somebody's drugging and somebody's drinking. It's dangerous to even drive a vehicle. But she was on the way to Dalton. There were three friends with her. Let her boyfriend drive to get her out of Vermont. They didn't even make it. He went over the center line, head-on collision. And then the next few days... Her granddaddy dies. It's Kathy's brother-in-law, right? You never know. If I'd have interviewed you two weeks ago, Miss Kathy, and said, that's going to happen, you'd have said, well, I hope not, and I'm not planning on it. Pastor Keith Cudd, collapse, stent. Barcelona, Spain. People having a good time. On the sidewalk, minding their own business, walking. A young man riding a motorcycle yesterday. Killed. family members in this room. See, you got it planned. You're going to live to your 94. You're going to go to the doctor because you got a little pain in the heart. He's going to tell you, you better get ready. You're going home. You're going to go home. You're going to recheck your insurance. You're going to recheck your will. I'll tell you what you ought to do. You ought to go home and recheck the Bible and make sure you're saved. Amen. Better recheck the day you got born again. Right. Amen. Because what is the profit of man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? And what is the profit of all your relatives if you leave them all that money and you go to hell? There won't be no comfort at the funeral. But you, 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 got it, you got it all planned. Then you kiss everyone goodbye and you put on your PJs and you crawl in the bed and you pull up the cover and you stick your toes toward heaven and take the last breath and you're gone. That's what you want. That's a good way to go. Amen? But that's not what the Lord says do. He says don't even think about it. Just live each day as if it's your last. Death is no respecter of persons. If you don't believe it, look at the dash between the dates, but look at the last date and the first date as you travel through the cemetery that I used to live on the other side of and got a ticket for taking a carpet truck across, I mean a cattle truck across that cemetery road to move into West Crawford projects that I lived in when I got here. They were really apartments, they weren't projects. But you check the dates, and there's a lot of close dates there. There's a lot of short plots. I'm not trying to be morbid here, I'm just trying to shake you up and realize that 83 people die per minute in this world. Now it's up to 105, I believe. We've got to turn up that eternity light to blink a little quicker. 5,000 every hour, 30 million every year die. How arrogant it is to say today, tomorrow, without saying, Lord willing, I'll buy, I'll sell, I'll gain, I'll do good on the job tomorrow. 
as I said, it's all right to plan for profit. Why would you not plan for profit if you're in business? Say amen. You ought to have a profitable goods. You ought to make some money. There's nothing wrong with it. Just remember, God gets the first tenth. No, I'm kidding. I thought I'd throw that in there. Hey, 1 Chronicles 29, 15 says, Life's a shadow. Job 7, 6. Every one of you ought to identify with this. It's as swift as a weaver's shuttle. And ben, the last time I've been through a carpet mill, and I'd like to go on another tour if y'all would take me, some of you. They won't let me in there by myself. I'd like to see that carpet, those shuttles, and those quillers and twillers and all those things y'all work making that carpet. Extrusioners to make nothing out of to thread and thread the carpet and it's out the door, it's in the truck and it's on somebody's floor before you know it. Amen for the carpet industry. Say amen. <laughs> you better say amen. But folks, the Bible says your life is as swift as a weaver's shuttle. Job 7, 6. Look it up after a while. Y'all hungry, I can't preach too much longer. You only preach to a Baptist as long as they can stand, stand away from the table. <laughs> Amen. Thank God some of you have been in the emergency room all weekend. You're still here. I, I admire that. Psalms 39.5 says few, it's a few hands breath. Just a life's just a few hands. Psalms 102 verse 3 says the day's like smoke. Gone. The day's like an evening shadow. It's like withering grass. I wish mine would wither. I can't even keep it cut. Say amen. <laughs> Brother Dwayne, you did a good job on the yard yesterday. It's an assumption that you should never make. Tomorrow, next week, next year, without God. Folks, listen. This could be the last message that Wayne Cofield ever preaches. And one day I was sitting in the fifth row of that little church down in Decatur, Georgia, right next to my favorite golf course, East Lake Golf Course, that I always dreamt that I'd play in because I was going to be a PGA golfer. That went out the window when I broke 100. But anyway, listen, listen, listen to me, listen to me. And I want to tell you something. My preacher that night preached on hell. They sang, Why Not Tonight? The sun may never rise. Tomorrow's sun may never rise. I walked that aisle as a son of a drunk, 11 and a half years old, 1964, March 15th. And I got saved. Best day of my life. Best day of my life is the day that I got saved. But I want to tell you something. Two weeks later, my preacher preached a message entitled, Old Soldiers Don't Die, They Just Fade Away. And he talked about, uh, I fought a good fight, I finished my course and he said, you know what, this could be my last message. The next morning, he died of a massive heart attack. That night, I was the last person he baptized. You never know. You never know. And don't boast without God's help. This could be the last message I pray. But let me say this. This could be the last message you listen to. And I'd hate to be accountable to God saying, well, I really didn't listen. I had too much on my mind, and I was dead tired for staying up watching Johnny Carson at 2 o'clock. Now, if you watched Johnny Carson, you did really good because he's been dead for about 10 years, amen? <laughs> but let me just say this. Some of you third shifters, God bless you for being here. I admire you for staying awake during my, my preaching. I admire you because I couldn't make it. <laughs> but I want to say this. 
every heartbeat is from God. Every day is from God. This could be your last message. One Wednesday night, Brother Wallace, Miss Opal, did not usher. I said, he's feeling bad. The next morning, he was ushering in glory. <laughs> he, he ain't saying, Brother Wayne, you've been on a diet since I met you. He always said that to me. You've been on a diet since I met you. You can't preach without mentioning food. I said, I know it. I get hungry, it comes to mind. I'm sorry. He was the best head usher we ever had. No offense for all you that's trying to fulfill the the duties. Miss Opal's out there being a greeter this morning. She left Sunday school early, sitting right there. She's one of the best greeters we ever had. She was trained good. Amen. And I'm trying to be sensitive here. That Wednesday night was the last service on this earth. And it could be your last service. Oh no, that would never happen to me. Tomorrow, tomorrow, next week, I gotta watch the Georgia Bulldogs beat Tennessee. I, you know, I gotta, I gotta, uh, I got, I got plans. As a matter of fact, I even got tickets to see Tennessee get beat by Georgia Tech. Boy, these Tennessee fans are walking out the back door right now. And uh, oh, I got this going on, and I got that, and I'm gonna make a lot of money. And we just got a new product at the old company here, and I think it's gonna be very profitable. And I think this, and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna do that. And then he said, "Hey, thou fool, tonight will your soul be required of thee." I'm, I'm closing. Young people, you listen so well. But just because you're teenagers don't mean you're going to live as, as old as I am. You're old, your old pastor. And you know, you might not draw Social Security. You just need to have the security that you're in the Lord. So if you're going to witness, do it today. If you're going to pray, you need to pray today. That's, that's, this is the gist of the text. If you're going to show an act of kindness, do it today. If you're going to love somebody, do it today. Brother Cud's daughter, writing on Facebook, I, I reposted it, excuse me. I hope she didn't mind. But she said, you know, if I'd only knew that last Thursday, when my children were sitting in my, their papa's lap, I'd have said, stay a little longer. Hug Papa a little tighter. Speak to him a little kinder. And I thought about the saying that I've said often, and I topped that post with this. I say it often. Hug your loved ones while they can feel it. Send the flowers while they can smell it. And don't wait to the casket. Because a lot of people jump in the casket out of guilt because they hadn't said I love you. They hadn't touched them. They hadn't been speaking to them. And there's all kinds of problems in their family. And they regret it to this day that they did not hug them while they could hug them. So I'm just saying this is a great text. It's not, hey, don't procrastinate and don't assume that you have tomorrow. Just live this attitude of I'm dependent on God. I'm submitted to His will. And the assumption is, I'll never make the mistake of sin. I'll plan without God. But last but not least, you got ten more minutes? Yeah. I, well, there's one that's got it. Amen. The rest of y'all, <laughs> see you tonight, I guess. <laughs>
Praise God. I'll tell you what, Miss Jackie will tell you exactly what she thinks. Amen, that's good. I, I like it. She's an encouragement. Number three, you got an attitude you should never take, an assumption that you should never make, and last but not least, there's an activity that you should never forsake. There's an activity that you never should forsake. Go to the last verse. Y'all getting anything out of this? Verse 17. Therefore, you know what the word therefore means? It's connected to the verses before. We're deep today, amen. Amen, praise God. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Folks, what is the sin of this boastful businessman? Did he have an affair with some girl in a motel while he was out of town? Did he get drunk? Does the text say that? Come on, class. Did he get drunk? Was he dishonest in his business dealings? He just failed to do what he knew he ought to do. It is not that what we, he was doing that was wrong. It's simply wrong because it was not what God wanted him to do. To miss the will of God is a wasted life. To not crown the Lord God as your Lord God is a wasted life. You should consult Him on every move. Young people, if you get married without prayer and fasting, it's foolish. If you get married just because He can score touchdowns, no offense all you that scored touchdowns in Murray County, it's foolish. You ought to consult God about your eternal destiny, but you ought to consult God about your living. Let me close with saying this. The sum total of life without God is sin. And the greatest sin in the world is described in this verse. It's the sin of omission, not commission. And what is that sin that will send you to hell? The sin of unbelief. Can somebody say amen? Am I preaching it right? The Bible says, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin, and a singular sin. That means it's a sin, and the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Many of you will never look at yourself as a sinner because you think a sinner is a harlot, a thief, a murderer, a prostitute, a down and outer. But I want to tell you something, friend. There's some up and out sinners. There's some moral sinners. There's some religious sinners. There's some profitable sinners. There's some rich sinners. And all sinners will fall short of the glory of God and you will not go to heaven. You will go to hell by the sin of omitting faith in Christ and, omitting, and, and, and legislating God out of your life and saying, I'll do this tomorrow and I'll do this the next day and I'll do this this year without God. Look at John 3.18. You thought I was going to go to John 3.16, didn't you? Well, I will read it then if you want me to. I'm closing. Hang on now. This has got a conclusion. John 3.16. We've never made a rule that we dismiss at 12 o'clock around here. Never. Glad y'all didn't put that rule on me. We dismiss when God says it's over. John 3.16. 3.18, excuse me. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he that hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. 
The Bible says, He that believeth on him is not condemned. Amen? But if you do not believe, you're condemned already. I picked up an unusual tract the other day, and we got our new brochures in, Brother Darrell. I'm looking forward to handing them out on visitation. It's a two-sided tract, like a card. On one side it said this, What must I do to be saved? And it had that verse, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Acts 16, 31, I think. But on the other side of the track, it said, What must I do to, to be lost? And in bold letters, there was one word. Nothing. Nothing. Saw another track where it says, What do I do to go to hell? And it was a blank page. Just omit God. Just don't think about it. Just don't think about death. Hey, I want to tell you something, friend. Jesus is coming soon. Deathbeds are coming soon. And I want to tell you, the sin that will send you to hell is not the sins that you do. It's the sin that you don't do. And that's believing on the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. For the wage of sin is death, not sins. Amen? So it's really the sin of omission that's going to send you to hell. Because you, all you got to do to go to hell is nothing. Just be you. Be successful. Be a good businessman. Make a lot of profit. Plan good, but leave God out. And the greatest sin on this world is to leave God out of your life. March 15, 1964. I had to do a lot of research to get that date. I knew it was second week in March and Daryl's your birthday, I think. I don't know why I'm picking on you. But anyway, I was sitting there on the fifth row back of Wesley Hills Baptist Church, just moved to the new location, Log Cabin Church on uh, East Lake Road, I guess, next to that big golf course out there, Cater, Georgia. We had to move from Whiteford Avenue. And I remember the preacher preached on hell, hot, long, and eternal. It got my attention. As I was been under conviction, my cousin kept elbowing me every service saying, go down, go down. I don't want you to go, to go to hell. I want you to go to heaven. But I didn't need, I needed more than Cousin Alfie. I needed the Holy Spirit to say that. And now during that message, he preached it hot, long, and eternal. It was one of his last messages he preached for that massive heart attack. And then they got up and saw, sung a song, Brother Randy, that's not in our song, but we're going to try it in just a second. And I'm going to put it in the songbook if I, if I have to. I'll paste it in the front page. Why not tonight? Oh, do not let the word depart and close thine eyes against the light. Poor sinner, harden not your heart. Be saved, oh, tonight. Oh, why not tonight? Oh, why not tonight? Will thou be saved? Then why not tonight? And in the reverence to the little eclipse we're having tomorrow that God's going to allow us to see, and I think it's a good thing to do it. Tomorrow's sun may never rise to bless thy long deluded sight. 
This is the time, oh, then be wise. Be saved, oh, tonight. Oh, Lord, in pity linger still. And wilt thou thus his love requite? Renounce at once thy stubborn will. Be saved, oh, tonight. Our blessed Lord refused is none. I believe in whosoever, don't you? Our blessed Lord refuses none. Who would to Him their souls unite? Believe on Him the work is done. Be saved, oh, tonight. Oh, why not tonight? Oh, why not tonight? Wilt thou be saved? Then why not tonight? And the reason is, you might never see tomorrow's sun. Let's pray.